Welcome to The Yarn, a school library journal production. I'm Colby Sharp. Today's episode is part of our Unraveler series. In each Unraveler episode, a book creator takes us inside one of their books, their inspirations, fears, frustrations, triumphs, epiphanies, the whole thing pulled apart, unraveled. In today's episode, I talk with author Christina Weinman about her book, Jawbreaker. I'm currently reading Jawbreaker aloud to my class. They are loving it. It is going so well. We are having so much fun. They are all in. Christina lives about 40 minutes away from my school. She's a professor at Michigan State University. Go green. And when we talked about doing this episode, I thought it would be fun to have her come down and do it in person because I haven't done an in-person interview for The Yarn since before everything shut down for COVID. So it was the end of 2019, the last time we did one in person. So Christina came down to do the episode and I wanted her to meet my students, but I didn't want to tell them that she was coming. I just told them that a professor at Michigan State was coming, so I didn't have to lie to them. And she got there and we're talking and the kids are asking some questions, telling her a little bit about our school. And one of the kids goes, you look so much like the picture of the character on the cover of the book we're reading. Did you write that book? I could not believe that it took them less than two minutes to figure out who she was. We had an amazing time. It was wonderful. The kids were so engaged. They had so many wonderful questions for Christina. I think all of us were just smiling from ear to ear the entire time. We ended things with a surprise that I got for them. They all got a copy of Christina's book, which she signed and personalized. Friends, it was just an amazing day. After the kids headed down for lunch, we sat down at my desk and we talked about Jawbreaker. So here's that conversation. It's time to unravel Jawbreaker. Could you please tell us a little bit about Jawbreaker? Sure. Jawbreaker is about a seventh grade girl named Max Plink and She's she's really going through it. She has a complicated dental situation, um, as you can see, with the headgear she has to wear. And it's it's a very not fun kind of thing. It's painful. But on top of that, she has sibling issues and issues with parents who are always fighting. And there are some socioeconomic issues in the book and lots and lots of things going on as Max is coming of age. How did you become a writer? Um, I don't know how someone becomes a writer. I just kind of always felt like I was a writer, Mm. you know, whether or not I was publishing in a professional sense. I I just always was a writer. I was always writing and I always loved it. I I think that's how one becomes a writer. When do you remember writing? Like, what's your earliest writing memory? Yeah, um, I would say... Was it Jawbreaker? Was this the first writing you've ever done? No. (laughs) No. um, I would say, you know, we we had a lot of assignments in school, as one does. But the one that stands out to me is the sixth grade writing assignment where we were asked to rewrite the ending to Roald Dahl's Witches. And I just remember having so much fun with that assignment. I have no idea what my ending was, but 
I loved doing it. And what I found out later was that my teacher loved reading it. So that's sixth grade. That's certainly not my first experience with writing, but it's the one that stands out as really formative. And what was the journey to you becoming a writer for kids and the publication of Jawbreaker? Yeah, um, I actually started out as an essayist. And um, to make a really long story as short as possible, I was I spent basically the last decade writing essays and I'd write them for outlets like Education Week or Inside Higher Education or just very education centric kinds of things. And just as the pandemic hit, I really wanted to up my game and try for other more national mainstream kinds of outlets. And I wound up taking a class with Susan Shapiro about writing essays and pitching essays. And um, my first mainstream piece wound up in the Washington Post. And from there, my editor, who I did not even know existed at the time, read the piece. It resonated with her. She loved it. And she wound up contacting me. And then our jawbreaker relationship began. What was the essay about? It was about um, being an adult who continues to have a really complicated relationship with her face. Okay. So during the pandemic, I, I wore masks the way everyone wore masks. And I really enjoyed it for a lot of the wrong reasons. Mm, I enjoyed it oh, for, wow. yeah, I enjoyed so it for aesthetic reasons, right? Yeah. I, I got to hide. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you would have not minded being that part of your life being when you were a kid, the mask oh, wearing. I, I would have worn a mask for my wow. entire schooling if yeah. I could, you know. Yeah. Mm. So that's what the essay was about. And um, so this uh, Jawbreaker is sort of the middle grade version of that. Okay. Yeah. So you write this essay. Mm -hmm. You talk to an, an editor and we're going to make this a book. What was the first thing you remember writing? Like, what did you write first? As far as this book goes? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wrote initially really bad five chapters. Those came first, really bad, bad chapters. And did you knew, know they were bad when you were writing them? No. You thought they, um, were, you thought they were awesome? No, <laughs> I, I thought nothing. I just, just wrote. I just didn't know what I was doing. Okay, and because again, I was I was an essayist for adults, and um, this was my first experience writing for children at a professional level, and I had not been signed yet. So these first five chapters were kind of like a uh, not a test exactly, but a let's see what kind of ideas we can generate here and take it from there, and. And I just wrote really bad stuff, which I think is important for people to know. No one comes out of the gate writing great stuff. And I think even if you're 10 or 20 books in, you, you're still not coming out of the gate writing really great stuff. One of my favorite authors went on social media recently and said how uh, she turned in one of her books and she's like 20 books in and her editor made her rewrite the whole second half of it. So, you know, those kinds of things happen. So I wrote really bad chapters and I sent them to my editor. And she's she, like, ooh, this well, is not what we were thinking. No, <laughs> no, she did not say that. She's so gracious and she's she's an educator too. So mm -hmm. she's like, okay, I see what you've done here. 
let's try this. Let's try that. And you're like, oh, she's being a teacher to me. Yeah. She's, she's, she's doing the teacher thing. Yeah. Okay. And so, and okay. so I, 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 I did what she suggested and I, you know, part of writing badly, I think is when you write because you're trying to anticipate other people's expectations. And, okay. um, and, and I just was, I, I worked overtime trying to anticipate what I thought she wanted to see mm-hmm. versus uh. the story that I wanted to tell, which were two very different things. And, um, and I think she sensed that I was holding myself back in certain ways. So, um, so she got the chapters, she had a lot of suggestions for how to move forward. And a lot of it stayed the same that, you know, the, the characters are the same exact characters they were that I started with, but how we begin the book, you know, with more tension, with more, um, with more things that people might care about, with more movement, with more forward moving speed, if you will. Um, that's how we eventually landed after just a couple of test runs. That's so interesting. You know, we're, we're doing this interview in my fifth grade classroom where I hang out with uh, 24 young writers every day. And I think they try to do that so often. They try to write what they think that I want yeah. them to write. Which is understood. I mean, and I, I'm not saying like it's probably, I'm sure that I, myself and other teachers have probably made them feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. And and a lot of it is too, as, as a teacher myself, it's what do we need to do to get the grade so that mm-hmm. we can be done with this and get the grade. And um, And that's so, so, so common and it's stifling and it's, it um, it hinders potential, but that's the way the system is built. Yeah, right. It's not built for independence. It's not built for them to be writers. It's not built for their, for the kids to become readers no. or scientists or thinkers. It's built for them to cover these standards to get grades and to cover standards. And, and those are probably things you were never thinking about when you were writing the end of the witches in sixth grade. Not at all. I, and I don't know what it is, but I, I just, I threw myself into that assignment basically yeah. without even thinking. And, um, and that's what I, re- I wish I could remember what ending I created. I have no idea, but yeah. threw myself into it. And I just think it was a really happy accident that the teacher kind of forgot to grade it. Yeah. You know, that's so interesting because I think so many of the things that we do, we love to do in our lives, we have these positive memories yeah. from when we were kids. Yeah. And at the same time, when we have negative memories around different things, they can make it so that they're things that even as adults, we don't ever want to do. Right. Right. Yeah. And Including really, writing for some people, oh, right? hundred percent. Yeah. For so public speaking yep. or even reading, like so many of the things with kids and reading, they have, when they think of reading, they think of school, they think of reading logs they think of mm-hmm. different things that the parents have forced them to do or the school has made them do that oh, we educate kids out of wanting to be educated i mean that that's the sort of yeah. paradox and you see it the, the most in like art class right yeah. kindergarten like everyone is the greatest artist of all time yeah but like my fifth graders a lot of them probably get nervous to go to art and they know who the artists are yeah Ugh, it's interesting. Yeah. So we are doing this interview and you've been a published author for less than a month, right? <laughs> yeah, ish. Yeah. About a month. So what has it been like having Jawbreaker in the world? What's that experience been like these first handful of weeks? It's been a gift. Um, it's been a real gift. I mean, I get to be here, you know, I get to meet 
students I wouldn't otherwise meet. I, I get to have conversations I wouldn't otherwise have. Um, it's it, it, gift doesn't feel like a strong enough word to describe mm-hmm. what this experience has been. Just the, the fact that I can hold this book in my hands is it's, it's unreal to me. It's just, un, it, it's surreal. And I think I'm probably going to live the rest of my life. Like, wondering, did this really happen? Because it just feels surreal, almost imaginary. It's been really fun to follow the journey of you becoming, like the book coming out on social media, just the joy that you have. Mm. And like everyone in your life is like, there's like a picture of like everyone in your life with the book. Yeah. (laughs) Like all these different people and, and you at these, you know, book events and different things. And I think that whether it's writing or whatever it is, I that's all that I want for like my kids and my students yeah. is for them to have something in their life that they love as much as you love being a writer. Oh yeah. Is that all you want? That's to all To find that you your want. joy, right? To just find your joy. Mm. That's what it's about. Yeah. I have one last question. What is your hope for this book? <sighs> my hope for this book is that it reaches kids who don't know that they need it until they've encountered it. Like, honestly, um, when I was coming up, I did not have access to books that um, illustrated the kinds of family dynamics I experienced, the kinds of medical things I experienced, the kinds of socioeconomic things that are, are just so common among our students. And, um, and so I enjoyed a lot of what I read. I mean, I was, I was a really avid reader, Babysitter's Club, Nancy Drew. I mean, you name it, I read it. And even still, um, I, I never really saw myself in any of what I read. So to write a book that I, um, would have liked to have had access to back then is, is one thing. But then, you know, it, if I learn that this book was what a, a child needed to feel better about themselves or that this book is what a librarian or a teacher needed to turn a child into a reader, it, things like that, those are my hopes for the book. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Yarn. Thank you to Christina for hanging out with my fifth graders, for writing an awesome book, and for taking the time to chat with me for The Yarn. Thank you to Heinemann Publishing for sponsoring this episode. Thank you to Philip Stead for creating our theme song. Additional music for this episode comes from the Free Music Archive. And thank you to my friend, co-host, Travis Yonker. Travis, it's winter in Michigan. Winter is here. Are you ready for it? My name's Colby Sharp. Thanks for listening. (laughs) This is so interesting to be interviewing someone in person again. Yes! It's weird.